This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Real Vision. My name is Santiago Velez, co-founder of Block Digital Corporation. And I'm very excited today to have as our guest here on Real Vision Crypto, Mr. Tom Walton Polka, the uh, co-founder of Geometry. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Santiago. Great to be here. Well, we're very honored to be one of the first interviews you've done uh, around Geometry, as announced yesterday, uh, today being uh, June 28, 2022. So thank you for uh, the privilege of, of doing a deep dive on what you and your team are working on. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself first and foremost, and kind of your journey into uh, crypto and digital assets, cryptography? Of course, and thanks, thanks again for having us. So, um, see, I came at this uh, in an unexpected way. I was um, originally did uh, undergrad and postgrad maths at university, and it turned out to be uh, relevant later on. Uh, I then spent a little bit of time in in finance, and then uh, co-founded a company uh, called Aztec Network. Um, in 2017. Uh, that's an Ethereum uh, layer two. And I guess it's best known, at least in the kind of in the research community, it's best known uh, for having um, produced Plonk, which is we can maybe talk about a little bit later on, but it's this kind of universal zero knowledge proof um, that drives, you know, really a lot of uh, scaling on Ethereum and other blockchains now today. Um, so anyway, that has a kind of privacy focus and, and the team is still doing amazing things. Uh, I left there beginning of last year and tried to work out what the pattern of my existence would be after that. Knew I wanted to still be in uh, research somewhere. I think that uh, zero knowledge proofs in cryptography have been one of the most fertile, if not the most fertile, uh, fertile area kind of intellectual progress in Web3 and uh, really wanted to stay on that journey. And then got talking to a few other people, uh, including uh, one of my co-founders, Kobe Gherkin, uh, who's led research at Cello uh, for a long time. And we decided that a deep cryptography enclave, a sort of basically research lab, uh, which we ended up calling Geometry, would be a really interesting contribution to the Web3 community. And so what Geometry has done is to uh, stitch together um, a unit of engineers, uh, cryptographers, deep mathematics researchers, all trying to advance the state of Web3. And we've been running that now uh, in stealth for nine months. And as you say, we just announced uh, today. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, I think that's that's very interesting. It seems like you're, you're passionate about the subject. Um, you know, one thing I think viewers should appreciate is all of this is being built on top of the kind of distributed ledger technology that, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, et cetera. And I think one of the main purpose or functions of that technology is to create, you know, this shared state that's verifiable by all parties and uh, in theory, uh, fully decentralized uh, without requiring third parties to also do those verifications. Uh, but I think what, what 
you and your team are working on is kind of this next this next advancement that allows uh, some key progress around privacy, scalability, uh, handling computational complexity. So I'd like to kind of break down all those elements for our audience because this is a very technical uh, and I, I tend to be technical. I'm sure you you do too, and I I don't want to lose anybody. Um, so first of all, can we talk a little bit about uh, why are blockchains kind of uh, transparent? Why why can you trace transactions all the way back to Genesis on, on Bitcoin, for example? Right. Well, I mean, you can trace them because they're public, and they have to be public to be ratified, as you know. So the so you know, if, we're, if we're looking at sort of what the the, the, the what we might call the layer one project is so the the core blockchain project uh, that is to provide uh, a um, a kind of a, an economic record of events that is agreed upon by anyone who chooses to come on and come online and, and validate uh, what's gone on in that blockchain. So, uh, as you say, very unlike uh, the sort of you know the the deep um, uh, vaults of data that banks retain uh, that are only validated internally inside that bank and therefore are not cannot be admitted to public code. You know, no one can go and program the assets on a bank's balance sheet. All this is done in the open air. Uh, that obviously brings privacy concerns. That was one of the things that, for example, Aztec was addressing. Um, but it brings also huge uh, scalability problems because if I say... I want assets to be born digital, uh, born uh, wrapped in a programmable machine. So in other words, they can be admitted to code bases written by anyone in the world. I need, a, I need to know that the, uh, the data set that I'm operating on is actually the moving of the asset and is not just a secondary record of what happened to that asset. And that's what makes uh, blockchains uh, really magical. But you know, it doesn't take much imagination to see that if you wanted to even put, let's say, just visa scale transactions through blockchains, uh, no single node, no no small node running somewhere could possibly process all of those transactions, particularly at surge capacity. And for Web3 adoption, we're counting on many, many times the number of transactions, thousands, maybe millions of times the number of transactions that have ever passed through the visa network. So this is where we've also got this scaling problem and that's where uh, zero knowledge proofs and we should maybe spend a little bit of time on where these zero knowledge proofs and cryptography came from but that's where these zero knowledge proofs and what we call these layer two networks which is where largely they operate uh, come to the rescue they are able to uh, make it uh, provable that maybe millions of transactions over a short space of time happened and were executed entirely correctly so with all the kind of the security that we would want for our assets, but the cost of checking them is trivially cheap. And this is a kind of magic that, um, that the science of this area only started 40 years ago. And really it's been uh, the, the, the sort of the Web3 era that has moved this from a, a science where it was proving that these things were possible, but they were not particularly performant and has turned them into sort of industrial grade uh, pieces of mathematical machinery. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Wow, that's a great summary. And, you know, to focus on the L1s uh, for a short moment, you know, when they were first devised, many of these mathematical techniques uh, kind of weren't even fully formed. I mean, it, it also has been driven, the math and the science, the computer science behind this, by this uh, movement in, into Web3. Uh, and, you know, people don't, this transparency on the layer ones was required for essentially final settlement, for, for verifying that you don't have the double spend problem, that all, all assets are accounted for at all times, and it's kind of this mutually agreed upon place that anybody could verify. But now we're getting to the point where the volume of transactions that we're asking for is going to scale exponentially, and with it, that com computational complexity. And so we need to take some, I hate to use the word shortcuts, but we need to be more efficient with our computational processes such that we can handle that, but not give up any of the properties the assurances that we've come to expect with these transparent layer ones. Um, so, I think I think it's I think it's good. To, uh, I'm glad you brought up the history. I'd like to dive a little bit into this history in cryptography uh, and how it's evolved until now, and and why you think this is the correct time to kind of implement it, uh, and, and how that might be a necessary prerequisite for really scaling Ethereum and, and other L1s up to you know the, the millions of transactions you, you alluded to? Sure. So I mean, the, the last uh, maybe I'd say eight years of um, development in this cryptography, um, uh, it started actually with privacy. So it was the, I'll say Zcash, I, I normally say Zcash, uh, that's the, the, the language difference, but uh, Zcash were the people who uh, really first um, spent time uh, taking zero knowledge proofs onto a blockchain. Of course, they were doing it for what optically to you and I would look like quite different reasons. So it wasn't for scaling reasons, it was for privacy reasons. It was what you alluded to, everyone could see every transaction. And and uh, and that's obviously, by the way, the problem that my old company, um, uh, Aztec, addresses as well. And they're, they're sort of really the leaders on Ethereum for doing that. Um, but if we go right the way back to the 1980s, when uh, it was it was really sort of three MIT professors who are now all sort of these very illustrious uh, sort of gods of, of Web three, but at the time uh, they were trying to address another kind of scaling problem. So they had noticed that if you I, I you I don't know whether you've come across this, but in your listeners may not have done. There's a thing called the four color theorem, and the four color theorem says if you imagine any map of any arrangement of countries you can imagine, not just in this world, but in any world, you can always color this thing with four colors. And this was kind of known to be true, but no one had ever been able to prove it. And they proved it was true for five colors, but it's a stronger thing to say, you can do this always with four colors. And when I say with four colors, I mean, no two countries which are adjoining share the same color. And so you can always do any map in four colors. And the first proof of this was a fake proof in the 1890s. And then a real proof came from some Scandinavian mathematicians who said, yeah, this thing's true. Trouble is, the proof runs to, I can't remember how many pages, sort of hundreds and hundreds, if not up to thousands of pages. And they'd reduced down every possible theoretical map into a thousand configurations, and then it had to be checked by a mainframe computer. Well, not really a proof. And this scared mathematicians. They thought, we're, we're now starting to, it's a bit like a blockchain proving transactions. The mathematical community saying this doesn't scale because if we have to work through a thousand pages of machine-like working every time we want to check something's true, mathematics can't securely scale. We, we don't know when someone says that they prove something that is true. And this is a real problem. So this is where the zero knowledge proof arose from. And it was people like Macaulay and 
um, Goldwasser, who were who were working on this in in, in the eighties. So fast forward, you know, to twenty fourteen, and the Z the Zcash demo. I think you know there have been uh, various clusters of technologists who had observed this before, but the thing that allows you to say is a computation has it been done correctly, and and allows you to kind of prove this to someone with a tiny, tiny amount of information and very little work required on their side to check that it's true. That is both a scaling property and a privacy property, because both of these things require me to leave information at the door, and I just send you a little proof and you can check it, right? So you can see how privacy, which is the act of me not showing you all the information, and scaling, which is the act of I can show it's true without having to show you the information, are really two sides of the same coin. And you can see, therefore, why these zero-knowledge proofs, um, uh, which were originally devised for scaling, then used early on on blockchains for privacy, and now we're using them really for both. Um, and maybe the best analogy that I've heard, and it is not mine, and I think it's probably a hand-me-down analogy, uh, but it's a very good one, is what is the zero-knowledge proof trying to achieve? It's saying, I will take, I as the spender of some money on a public blockchain, I'm prepared to engage in a huge amount of work so that I can save you, the verifier, and you are the blockchain, most of the work required to know it's true. And a good example is where's, I think in the US you call it where's Waldo, we call it where's Wally. And the classic analogy is I have a picture of, where, of, a, of, a, of a where's Waldo and I want to show to you that I know where Waldo is, but I don't want to leak any of the information that allows you to establish where he is. I just want to prove this fact to you. And so I take a sheet, I drill a little hole in the sheet that is Waldo shaped, and I put the sheet over the top of this picture of where's Waldo. And so I've now been able to prove to you, you can see Waldo, but you can't see the context. You can't see any of the workings that it took to find Waldo. And therefore all your work is still ahead of you if you want to go and find Waldo. I've saved you all of your verification cost. I've actually hidden Waldis. That's kind of the zero knowledge bit. I've hidden where he is. And yet I've shown you that I know that I have this knowledge. And that's really how zero knowledge proofs uh, enable us to scale blockchains. They allow computation off chain to prove something that has been correctly executed with absolute certainty. But often they can they cannot reveal all the information or they can just choose to leave it at the door because it's too much to load the blockchain with. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.